I'm sorry. My bad. I won't do it again. Hey, <laughs> rock it to the left, rock it to the right. You already know. We got a new band. It's called the Welcome to the Boyd Meets World podcast. Today's guest is Darnell Gant, aka Birdman, aka DG aka the winningest player in Husky basketball history. DG was on some super fun Husky basketball teams and had a really interesting up and down career at UW. Darnell was a pleasure to talk to you and had just some awesome stories that Husky fans are going to love. Enjoy it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I used to watch like your guys's UStream videos, the the BFAM stuff, all that stuff. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> UStream, I remember when UStream came out. That's funny. Yeah, that was that was that was today's today's live video. Yeah, you you guys had it first. It was uh, it was you know Instagram Live, all that stuff. Now it's Periscope, all that stuff. You guys were doing it before anyone else was. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my question for you is, you know, on B fan or on uh, Q Walk, that's my favorite B fam song. Uh, they put you they put you first on that lineup when you had the best verse. Is that is that is that fair, or should you have been in the at the close there? <laughs> Uh no, I wouldn't say I had the best verse, man. I think I uh I think it was my it was uh I think we had all came up with the idea to do the song and then when we were at my cousin's studio, I don't know, I think I think it was like a collective thing, like we were just like, All right, well DG will go first and then uh I believe it was Tyrese and then Justin at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, if memory serves me it was it was that and uh you'll had Laker Gang and all that good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I told you, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that was like my early high school days when, when y'all were killing it up there. So, um, I, I, it's yeah. Q Walk. I don't know. It just ne- it never it never came on Q ninety three or any of those Seattle stations. I don't know why it didn't didn't hit big time. Wait, what did you say? What was the last part? I didn't know why uh, Q Walk didn't hit like on Cube or any of the the Seattle stations. It could have, but I think what happened was Tyrese kind of messed it up when he when he cussed on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and then we didn't have we didn't have like an edited version, and I couldn't get in touch with my cousin. I don't think I ever got in touch with my cousin to edit it out. We we got to go back and, and re-record that. Yeah, hey, that would be dope, bro. Uh-huh. I've, I've thought about it before. Yeah, that had legs. That could that could have really gone. Uh, anyways, are you out in LA right now? Yeah, I'm in LA. All right, very cool, very cool. So you you were born and raised um, in LA, and you went to Crenshaw High, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. So Crenshaw High School. Um, most schools you look at their like famous alumni page on on Wikipedia, and it's like you know a cross country runner or you know like a, a a politician but Crenshaw High's page you got to scroll through all that there are some famous people that have come through that school yeah man we got a lot of lot of local legends that school is real known for um, the athletic department like people like Marcus Johnson Tremaine Foltz um, Marcus Williams um, the list goes on and on man it's people with the Anthony Thomas the Anthony Thomas that's in the uh, NFL right now mm-hmm. um, 
Yes, yeah, a lot of people, man. We just had a, a good, rich history, and it was like almost the same as like UW in terms of like they had their era going to where when they had good teams and when they kind of didn't, and then they brought it back, brought the culture back. It was, you know, it had it had a rich history for sure. Were you? Uh, did you happen to be in touch with Anthony Thomas when he was thinking about going to UW? Uh, I didn't. I mean, I me and Anthony are cool. Like he he was more. He knew my brother. My brother was in school. My brother was like a few years younger than him, so he was in school around the same time as my brother. So I didn't really know him. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was. I think he was already hyped up on Oregon. The only person that I knew from uh, Crenshaw that I kind of helped convince him to go to UW was Greg, uh, Greg Ducray. Yep. Yeah, who's still hanging around the NFL himself, right? Exactly. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Ice-T, Schoolboy Q, Kevin Ollie, Brandon Meebane, like, it, it is crazy the amount of talent uh, musically and athletically that has come through Crenshaw. So um, you are among among yeah. the elites there. So who, who did you grow up idolizing in that area? Um, were you on, because, you know, you're, you're big into music. Were you looking towards the musical side? Like, you looked up to them just as much as the athletes or – uh, was it just the athletes no, you kind of looked up to? I think in the younger parts of my, I think in the younger parts of me being in LA, it was like music and basketball was separated from me. So like in middle school, I didn't play on the team. Like I didn't play basketball. Like I played AAU ball, and I was like getting my feet in with that. But in terms of like music and basketball, it was a big separation. And it was like if, if I had a first choice, it would be my first choice would be music. I mean, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, so I didn't even know like the basketball dudes, like people that like had music abilities back then. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. I think I was kind of kind of airheaded back then, so I didn't really like look into that stuff. So when did you start to to kind of incorporate music? Were you still in high school when when uh, those interests kind of kind of collided? He, um, it wasn't, he, like, what happened was my, I want to say my freshman year, that's when the organist in my church had passed away. And I, uh, I was already a drummer. Like, I was a drummer for my church and everything like that, and I played every weekend. Um, but then I started to kind of pick up the piano and around, like, I would say, like, middle school, and I kind of stuck with that. But it was never serious. It was just something that, that I felt was a hobby. Like, it was just something that I would do on the side, you know? It wasn't something, mm-hmm. like, super serious. I don't think my music and basketball really started to collide until... Uh, I don't think it ever collided until I, I was done playing basketball. That's when I took my music a lot more serious. Like, because I always did both. Mm-hmm. And doing both was fine for me. Right. Right, right. So when did uh, when did the the idea of going to to UW first pop into your mind? When did you you know were you always thinking of going up to up north to play basketball, or all of a sudden just came out of nowhere? No, it was more. I was I, I committed to well, I didn't commit, but I was uh, I got offered a scholarship to UCLA my my sophomore year, and um, I was stuck on them. So for the next the next two years I was like all about UCLA and this is where I'm gonna go this is where I'm gonna stay I didn't want to go anywhere else and I remember my my junior year before my junior year started I remember we went to Dallas and we played in the tournament 
And my coaches was like, yo, that's, uh, I think it was Friends of Hoop. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was like, yo, that's like Thomas. They, they from up there in Washington. Um, they was like, you should really think about going there. And they play up and down basketball. Like, it's more run and gun. Like, if you're really trying to get to the league, like, this, that's where you should go. Like, UCLA is cool, but are they going to really showcase your talent? And I was still stuck on UCLA or whatever. Um, but as time went by, like, my senior year, my grades started to slip. I wasn't doing well in a couple, like, a, a certain class. So UCLA kind of stopped recruiting me. And once they stopped recruiting me, um, Marcus, Marcus Johnson had stepped in and uh, he had asked them, like, what's going on? And I guess it was because of my grades um, that they stopped calling. So he was like, if y'all not careful, he's going to be wearing purple and gold instead of blue and gold next year. So they started calling a lot after that. And my mom and them didn't really like it. So Was that, was so that, that, was that the... Uh... Was that the Ben Howland era? The who, who era? That was the yeah, Ben Howland. Yes, that was the Ben Howland era. That yeah, was like it, the beginning of that was when that was like right after when they had farm. They had went to the uh, they went to the final four that year, the year before I think. Yeah, the Aflalo, uh, Josh Ship, those those teams. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So and it was uh, it was interesting because that some that same summer, that's when I got cool with Isaiah. Isaiah and his cousin Alonzo. I'm not familiar. I'm not sure if you know who that is, but it's like it's like it's basically like his big brother. He all he goes everywhere with him. His name is Alonzo Weatherby, and, and I remember uh, my AAU coaches had me sit down with him, and they were talking to me, and they were like, "Man, you need to come to UW. UW is where it's at. Mm-hmm. You and Z can go there and kill, and y'all can do big things." So, and then that kind of put my mindset. On UW, and after that, I don't know. It was something, something that drew me towards them. That's why I decided to go. Rest is history. So you were a, a big Laker fan, correct? Yes. All right. Family, my family was more of a Laker fan. See, I don't know. I was a, I wasn't as big as a Laker fan as everybody else in LA was. Like I was happy when they would win and all the championships and the team, like the Kobe and Shaq era. But I was more like once I started getting like in high school, I think I was more of a Detroit fan, and and I was more of a fan of those kind of teams because they played like good defense. Mm-hmm. It was well rounded. Oh, I think that 2005 year when they won, it was like nobody averaged more than 20 points. You know, it was like well rounded, and they were just a good team, which was dope to watch. So I kind of went back and forth, but yeah, I'm a Lakers fan at heart. So I wasn't, how, when I was younger, I wasn't as big as everybody else. But now, you know, I stick with my stick with my guys. Yeah. So how how crazy was it the other day when you hear Isaiah Thomas is coming coming to go play it in L.A.? I was happy. I was kind of upset at the situation, but I was happy that he's going to be here. You know, because he's in a better situation. Because I had talked to him a few times while he was in Cleveland, but at the end of the day, he's going to be fine. He's always good. Like he always finds a way to, to prove everybody wrong and finds a way to shut up the naysayers. So I'm happy for him. I get to uh, see him every now and then when we can link up or whatever when he's out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's working out or something. I can go work out with him. But other than that, I'm just happy he's in a better situation where he's, where he's wanted and needed and not where the whole team or the media is just trying to portray him as the bad guy. 
when that wasn't the case, you know. So yeah, yeah, Play, playing with LeBron and those Cleveland teams is is different than any other basketball situation. So I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't blame him for wanting to find a better situation, but uh, so you saw you saw Isaiah then like as a high school freshman or sophomore when he was at that FOH uh, tournament. Yeah, we were. I think it was after our sophomore year, so going into our junior year. That's when I first. That's when I first uh, met him. Mm-hmm. And, and when you saw him, I mean, he's he's all of what like five five four at the time. What, yeah, five four five five. What was your What was your reaction? I mean, I don't know. I think see, at that time, I won't say I was cocky, but I was like super confident because mm-hmm. um, of the way I played and my mindset was a little different. So when they told me it was like this little dude, and they was like he averaged forty in this one tournament, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, like that was impressive, but you know, not that I could do better, but it was more like I don't know, I didn't. I wasn't really starstruck on people or like other people in high school. I think the only person that really had me like that back then was OJ Mayo. And that was when OJ Mayo was supposed to be the next LeBron and you know what I mean? Yep. Stuff like that. But when they told me he had average forty in certain tournaments, like they were he was a killer, like I didn't I didn't really believe it because he was freaking five five. Like how am I supposed <laughs> to believe that he's a killer like that, so too crazy, too crazy. So you you end up going to UW, and then uh, how hard was it to to redshirt that first year? I think you came in with what NBA Overton and and Justin Holiday, right? Yeah, it was it was hard for me because I felt like I knew I could play, and I felt like I could have utilized that year, especially the way the team played. You know, what I mean, I would have, I think I would have had a better understanding of what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And which I still believe I did that year, that that first year that I played. But I don't know. I think the year under my belt with the, the other year, um, it could have been a waste or it could have been beneficial. But I think it probably would have been a waste because then Justin didn't even get to play, really. And Matt Matt had his little glimpses, but it was like the way the way he was coaching us and stuff like that, it was... It was better than I redshirted, but it was definitely hard, you know, playing behind. I mean, playing against Blockman every practice, and I got to guard him and stuff like that. That was that was the main reason why I redshirted. Because I'm like, dude, if if I got to be playing like this and dude is this strong, then I don't know if I'm gonna be ready this year. Let me make sure I take some time. What was the uh, what was the welcome to college basketball moment that that Brockman provided? Is there a single point when, when you're he like freaking flip when he freaking flipped me upside down in the first official practice of the year? <laughs> we were uh, I forget we were doing some kind of drill, and I can't remember if he was posting up or if he blocked if he blocked me out and not flipped. But I, all I remember was he checked me on the box out. And I, my legs went from under me, and I like landed on my head and my neck, and my feet was just in the air, and I just fell straight. And I'm like, bro, like, what the heck is going on? Like, what did I get myself into? Because that was different. That was different basketball than I was used to, you know? Yeah, yeah, for basketball sure. Basketball wasn't that physical. I wasn't used to to it being that fast. And I was like, that's when I really thought about it. Like, yo, I need, to, I'm, I might need to think about my decision making right now and right. make a good decision. Yeah, I always thought Brockman, if he was born in like 
1950 playing with George Mike and he would have killed it. Uh, he still did, but he, but yeah. he was from a different different uh, different cloth than, than college basketball was. Exactly, for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, so after that first year, that team kind of under is underwhelming, misses the tournament. Um, that's I think you y'all went to the CBI that year. Uh, it was just kind of a lost season, and then the next year. Uh, all of a sudden, you're starting, and the the lineup around you goes Justin Detman, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Coupon, Brockman, and yourself. And so, that, I mean, that's that, that's four NBA guys that you're playing with. Was was that intimidating um, to to play with that much talent? No, I think it was for me. Um, it was more. I think it was more. I felt like I had. Especially coming off the injury, I felt like I had worked towards that, mm-hmm. you know. And I felt like, and it already in my mind, I felt like I should be starting because um, I knew I, I worked people, and I knew that I could compliment Brockman, you know what I mean, to the best of my abilities. Um, I just—it's it, crazy that I've never thought of it that way. Like, dang, I was starting with all NBA dudes that freshman year, and it's crazy I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I mean, even even thinking back to that team, it didn't really feel like there was there was you know that much talent on the floor. You know, and five guys playing pro basketball. Eventually, that team loses the first game to at Portland. You lose that, get waxed by Kansas a little bit later, and then you go on and win the Pac-10 uh, that season. When did that group start to kind of gel um, and figure it out? Because once that team got going, y'all were y'all were scary that year. I think it was after, um, like you said, we got waxed, but. Uh, after the Kansas and after whoever oh, Florida. Florida, yep. We played Kansas and we got smacked. We played Portland, got smacked, and people were like, yo, this I don't know like if this is gonna work, blah blah blah, how's the roles gonna be? And then we played Kansas, got beat bad, and then I think right after the loss to um, Florida, even though it was a loss, that was a good game. And mm-hmm. it was super close and we played hard. And I think after that, that's when everything kind of turned around because we knew what we were capable of. And we were finally showing glimpses of what we could really do. Yeah, I remember when, when y'all went to uh, to Wazoo to open up Pac-10 play, and it was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's see what we got. And then you blew the doors off of Wazoo, beat them by 20. I remember a coupon dunk down the, down the stretch there to really close it out. Um, like I said, you know, once that light switch hit, that team was scary good. Yeah, that team was definitely very good once we once we turned the break. And it's crazy that you mentioned that game because that's one of my most memorable games. Um, I didn't score a lot. I didn't, you know what I'm saying, I didn't play. I played maybe like 20 minutes. Uh, but the reason why it's so memorable is because I, I felt like we owned that gym as soon as we walked outside into the tunnel. Hmm. And it, it was like the, the feeling that you got that was in the atmosphere, like it was crazy. Like, everybody was against us, but we, it was just 13 of us, like, just for ourselves. And just after we did our little huddle break thing or whatever, and then we ran through the tunnel and went outside, it was just, like, focus. It was so much focus. And I think it was more payback from the year before, because that was the year that Aaron Baines went in the crowd and was yelling and mm. all stuff, and they, like, pretty much embarrassed us to end the year off, you know what I'm saying, before the before that CBI stuff happened. So I think it was more we had a chip on our shoulder, and from there, like, we really, really knew what we were capable of, so it really took us off. Yeah, I was at that CBI game against against Valparaiso, and, I mean, there was, like, 
maybe 200 people at Heckhead for that game. And, exactly. And to know where, where y'all turned around the next season to winning the conference was, was pretty special because there was talent there. It was just putting it all together. Uh, so y'all Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you lose to Purdue at the end of the season, and that, that was just a, a really bad draw because that, that Purdue team was was – for real, they had Robbie Hummel, Juwan Johnson, Etwan Moore. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were they were stacked, and obviously, we just talked about you know UW had five pro guys on the floor for that game. But um, where does that Purdue team rank in the in the best teams that that you played in college? You said what was that? Oh, where does the Purdue team rank as the best? Yeah, as like one of the top. Um. I would have to look at that game again because I can't really remember that. I kind of, that game stayed in and out. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a good, good match, but I can't really remember it all together. But they were good, though. I re- it's crazy you know your basketball because I remember Robbie Hummel. Um, I actually played against him overseas oh, in yeah. one of the preseason games, and he was still a killer. But he had back problems, right? Didn't he have a broken back or something? Yeah, yeah. He he couldn't he couldn't keep it together. But now he's uh, he's an announcer for ESPN, so couldn't keep him out of basketball for too long. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, he was dope. That little guard, I, I can't remember his name. But <laughs> it was a guard that they had that was super good. Um, and I can't remember. They had a big guy too. Yeah, yeah, Jawan Jawan Johnson. I just remember was was just there. You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yep, he had a nice little mid range dance. He was like six eleven, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was long. Like he was he was he was Gumby out there, but he was hitting every every fadeaway and all that. It was just it was too much. And that was a bad right, matchup. Yeah, was, bad matchup for Brockman too. Yeah, for sure. And that's what that's, that's funny. Like just between us, like just. Just talking in basketball terms, it was like when we played forwards like that. That's when it was like a not a nightmare for Brock, but it was more. It was challenging because he had to step away and he had to, you know, for a stretch four or somebody that could put it on the floor. It was it was tough. Yeah, because as soon as he he's not in the you know can't bang on the block and then get rebounds, you know, and, and turn possessions over. Yeah. Uh, so that that season ends still still a, a fantastic team ended up being the four seed um, lost to as we just talked about a very good team. You go into the sophomore year, um, fun season. That team ends up being the eleven seed, and that's that's Quincy Pondexter's senior year. Um, you know he's he's packed in player of the week pretty much every week that season. It felt like, but loses to, to Jerome Randall. I still I still feel like that's one of the biggest travesties that's ever happened. Um, Man, what? I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, Jerome Randall was. I mean, he was he was good. Those Cal teams were nasty, but but uh, but that was that was Quincy's year. He was he was just an absolute force. Like, he's putting up twenty five yeah. and eight seemingly every night. Exactly, Quincy should have definitely been Player of the Year that year. Well, shouldn't have gave it to Randall. And they come to find out. I mean, I'm not gonna say names, but through like other Cal players, like they didn't even like him. He didn't seem like someone that would be fun to play with, just jacking threes uh, and not doing a whole lot else. You know, you talk about like a guy like Curry, like he, you know, he's still he's still playing within the team, but but Randall was just hijacking possessions. What'd you say? What was the last part? Well, Randall would just hijack possessions, and they had guys like Theo Robinson and uh, I think Pat Christopher. Like the, that that team had other guys, but they didn't seem to get the ball as much as Randall did. Exactly, and that's that, and that's why I say like that. 
it's, it's funny because when I had that conversation, um, it was like from the outside looking in, I was like, dang, like we wish, we wish we could play like cows. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually talk to somebody on the inside, and it's like they almost have the same legit things that go on in their camp that's the same as any other team. And it's like, oh, from the outside looking in, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, so that team, you go in and, and kind of uh, didn't do enough in the non-conference that year. And so you go into the Pac-10 tournament, and you, you kind of know that you have to win it um, or at least get to the final. Right. What was the mentality of, like, we have three games in three days, and we're going to have to win them all probably to get into the tournament? For, for which year? Uh, that was that, was that um, the Quincy's senior year. So that will have been your redshirt sophomore year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, because we didn't really. We kind of messed that one up. So I feel like we should have won the conference that year, too. Like, we we gave away some games that were, like, key, like, to keep us in. Because I think we started off Pac-10. We started off Pac-10 play play pretty good. But then we kind of had, like, some shortcomings or whatever. But, yeah, it was tough, and I don't even think our mindset was that, though. I mean, we knew we had to win it, but we, it was just like at that time. Because what happened was what I remember about that's most memorable about that season was the fact that, like, we started losing, we had some bad games, and then we just shot ourselves in the foot and we were out of the mix. And what we, what we felt as players was that we weren't having fun anymore. It was too, it was too strict. It was too... Like, we were too serious all the time. The coaches was trying to get us to play a certain way, and we felt like that wasn't the best way that we can showcase what our talents was. Mm-hmm. So for the second half of pack pack play, even though we were, like, not so great in the beginning, we kind of turned it around and started playing way better. Like, I don't know if you remember, but, like, we that's the year that we started doing, like, the handshake. Like, we got it from... Cavalier, they had that was the year that they hmm. were like super killing it. So they were doing handshakes, and the media was doing the handshake stuff every night. So we was like, you know what, we're gonna start doing handshakes every time. Every time we make a good play, we was on. You know what I'm saying? Every it was it was just all over the place. But we were having fun again. Right. And so by the time we got the Pac-10 play, it was like we knew we had to win it all, but we already had the confidence that we were going to win it all because. Of the way we were playing and the confidence that we had in each other. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, what you end up winning that conference and just the way that you played, um, you know, in that the Marquette game and then against New Mexico. It's it, as you said, you felt like you should have won the conference that year for how much talent you had. Uh, that Marquette mm-hmm. game was was a thriller. That was that was Keepon at his best. Um, I mean, just two teams that that love to just run and gun. And then I feel like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that game against New Mexico, you talk about when you walked into into Beasley and thump thump Wazoo a couple years before that. Uh, it felt like that against New Mexico. Of I've never seen a team less ready for what y'all had than than New Mexico. <laughs> that's that's true, man. That's a good observation. I feel like at, for see the thing is the difference between that game and the Wazoo game was I don't feel like we own the gym. Like, I didn't have, it wasn't that electricity feeling. Mm-hmm. It was more of like an overconfident feeling. Like, everybody was hyping it that whole week that they were number, I don't know what, what they were ranked before the tournament. I don't know if they were like number two in the nation or, they, I mean, they were three seed. Or whatever it was. 
They were what? They were a three seed in the tournament that year. Right. So they were like, and they were like, yeah, Washington's gonna lose. Like the, that point guard dude or whoever that guard was, mm-hmm. they were just hyping them. So the whole the whole time we were there, like we were just like, dude, we're not about to like they don't they don't know the real us. Like they don't even see us play. That was when we felt like I don't know if there still is a West Coast bias, but like nobody paid attention to the West Coast teams. Mm-hmm. So we was like, yo, we about to come out here and like try to smack these dudes, <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, Smacky did. I think he y'all won by by nineteen. Uh, Darius Hobson was there was their guy. He got shut down. Um, I mean that that was just a, a boat race from start to finish. And then uh, ran into another really really good team that West Virginia press team, uh, where seemingly every yeah. dude was was seven foot on that West Virginia team. Exactly. That was a big team. I think that was the toughest challenge for us was the fact that we hadn't seen that type of length before and usually people don't switch on us like that like mm-hmm. they did and the person had to do a start that concept got split but I, I still feel like we should have won that game too but I felt like we should have won all of our games <laughs> yeah I mean you all had the time to- I, I was, we were just we were just we yeah and especially what happened after Virginia beat freaking Kentucky by 20 years he had a bad game. I'm like, dude, way we shouldn't have won a year. Playing West Virginia, that team, that team gives it to you guys and then beats Kentucky. Uh, that was the John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Kentucky teams. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's, I felt like if that would have, if that would have been us, then we would have looked like freaking. I don't even know what college teams to compare it to. But we would if they would have missed all them threes and they would have played us like that, mm. that would have been a no brainer. We would have killed them. Oh, is that the game uh, where Kentucky Kentucky only hit twos in the first half and, and West Virginia only hit threes or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that was that was funky. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I'll never forget that, and that's what made me more mad about that year was the fact that Kentucky blew it. And West Virginia ended up going to the Final Four, and I'm like, dude, that should be us, and we should be playing for a national championship right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if there was a team to do it, uh, it it's either that, that team or the team that you had your junior year. I, I don't know. You had played on some very talented teams. Um, but So feel free to just say pass to this question because I would understand why. But uh, when I say the name Terrence Jones, what do you think of? Uh, in terms of what? Well, heading into to that junior year, your your retro junior year, Terrence Jones commits to the University of Washington uh, for a hot second, and then uh, you know about twelve hours later, backs out. And now he's going to Kentucky. Um, so, what was? I mean, y'all knew who was who was coming in and out. What what was the what was the reaction like when you found out that Terrence Jones wasn't going to come play with you guys? Um. I, my mindset was like, just be ready because this is supposed to be a, a one and done guy. So I'm like, all right, well, I need to have my stuff ready to go and make sure that every night I'm bringing it in practice so that, you know what I'm saying, I don't lose any potential minutes. And mm-hmm. especially coming off that, that other year, that sophomore year, because I went from starting to just being on the bench and then being a non-factor almost so 
um, that was my year that was planned that I was supposed to be ready to, you know what I'm saying, get it all together. So right. it was it was it was weird in the beginning, but I was like it, it didn't matter to me. Like I felt like any way I was gonna figure out a way to, I was gonna try to figure out a way to stay on the floor or have my coach play me. That was my mindset. Right. So, so, so you once, once committed it was just like whatever. Yeah, so you were operating in a like I gotta do I gotta do Darnell Gant right now. I'm not gonna worry about some eighteen year old kid from Portland making decisions. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't. Yeah, I couldn't focus on that. The more I focused on that, the more it took me out. Because I was already, you know, what I mean, I was already not so happy about not playing as much. So that's why in games like the freaking um, Marquette game when I went in, when I finally got to get in. I was I was pissed, and then when we were losing, I'm like, dude, I'm about to just play, like, because mm-hmm. I felt like I should be playing in the beginning. And that's no shade to anybody. That's no shade to like my teammates who were playing, some people that were playing in front of me. It's just that I didn't feel too confident about the decision that we're making. So I was just like, man, I'm just whenever he whenever he feel like he need to play me, and I'm gonna just try to go out there and just show and prove. There you go. And, I want to do something to show him, like, hey, I, I feel like I should be playing in anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so good to know that. that I mean, from because like from a from a fan's perspective, it was it was all about Terrence Jones and and you know just uprising. But but thinking about what's going on within the team, um, you know, it, it's so many different things are, are going on in a in a player's head other than other than outside factors. So, uh, good insight there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that season again, you go into the Pac-10 tourney. Um, it's kind of the same deal, not as drastic. Doesn't feel like, from you know, from a from a Joe Lenardi, you know, bracketologist perspective, doesn't feel like you have to win the tournament, but you can't lose to Wazoo. And then Clay Thompson goes off for forty-three, uh, is hitting stuff from like I mean that game was at Staples. It felt like he was you know he was hitting stuff from Sacramento in that game. Uh, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, that was the cold-blooded run. What are, what are some highlights from from your from your perspective on that that end of season run to um, you know from that game beat Oregon and then then in the uh, the buzzer beater against Arizona because you had you had a, a pretty memorable block in that game as well. Yeah, I think for me, from my perspective, that game and that run that we had in that tournament, it was. It was so much sweeter for me because, like I said, it, I think my junior year was most important, like one of the most important because it was my bounce back year from my sophomore, my redshirt sophomore year. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole storyline of me starting every game, um, my freshman year to starting and then coming off the bench to not almost not playing, you know what I mean, to just being like a super far down the list reserve. Right. It was like, that whole junior year, it was like everything was was. It, my mindset was so focused on I need to be better and I need to stay on the floor and I need to prove to them that I can stay out there on the floor. So when that run came, it was like I think in the the Washington State game, I didn't have too many points, but I played with a lot of energy. And then that Oregon game, I think I had, if I'm not mistaken, I had a double double. My, I don't know if it was my first or something like that, but mm-hmm. it was like I had. I don't know if I had ten and ten, but 
like my I, I was just super focused and especially because the last year in the tournament I didn't really do well so yeah so yeah and it was like I, I wanted to be a factor and if we got to the championship again I knew I had a bad championship game the year before so it was like man I want to get out here and just play my game so that whole that whole tournament run and that whole like stretch of those last games I felt like I was playing really good um and it was fun. Like, it was just, like, the team was clicking. Everybody was firing at all cylinders. Isaiah was, like, like leading us to, to 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 the ultimate confidence. And then it ends off with the freaking cold-blooded shot. That's one of my most memorable basketball moments of my life. I'll never forget it. I still get chills when I watch it now today, so. Man. It's a great team. Yeah, yeah, you and uh, you and a bunch of Husky fans feel the same way about that game. As I said to you when I when I reached out the first time, is you know people talk about cold blooded, but there was a moment there where uh, you sent Derek Williams his he had a weak layup attempt and you sent him back and uh, I don't think he was ever the same after that. You you, you messed him up. <laughs> not not. Not even, bro. Uh, but yeah, man. I'll, yeah, that was a. That, I felt like that was a good moment. Uh, I I had kind of forgot about it, but I was I was rewatching parts of that game, and um, and it was you know it's just it's its own it's its own highlight of of <laughs> Darnell Gant swats Derek Williams, and uh, I I completely forgot about it, but but I'm sure you didn't. Yeah, I mean, like I said, from from a from a, a player standpoint, and just from confidence. Like, I felt like all these dudes that were getting attention, like, that we would play against, that, like, Terrence Jones, like, Derek Williams, and uh, the dude that's in the NBA now, Powell, I think he played for Stanford. Like, any of those dudes, man. I oh, Dwight Powell, yeah. I was better than him. So, so, whenever I got my chance to, even though I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to, so, like, when I got out there, I needed to make some stuff happen to at least show some type of glimpse that you know saying I can play on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. I just remember him going up for for the layup and I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> if if you close your eyes and kinda of look at it, it's it's similar to the to the LeBron game seven dunk. He kinda of, you kinda of pin you had it tracked for for a couple seconds before he picked it up and, and uh, I think he yep. came from like the three point line on that. Yeah, so yeah, I just remember I don't know, I was in the phone. Like I was I just remember that whole play happening. The ball came off the rim and it came straight to him. And the one thing, yeah, I just remember just smacking it. Now, the only thing I regret about that play is I should have been more animated. <laughs> I, used to try to be, I used to try to be more cool about certain stuff because I was, I wanted I wanted it to seem like I, I do it all the time, so why I get so excited. But... Since I wasn't playing much anyway, it was like, or oh, when I did get the opportunity to play, I should have been that guy that anytime I make a big play like that, I should just be over the top with excitement. So that's the only thing I regret. About that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was kind of Isaiah's role is is doing the the uh, you know the raise the roof and that kind of thing. But uh, but right. I mean, I, I would have lost my stuff. I would have I would have ran straight up into the the eighth row of Staples after that block. So props to you for right. for, for keeping composure. Um, so, unfor- so that I mean, just thinking back, the teams that y'all lost to in the tournament, um, I mean, you got to be good teams in the tournament, but that Purdue team, that West Virginia team, and then you run into that North Carolina team with Zeller and Kendall Marshall and uh, just some more NBA guys on there, and, and you had them. I mean, like, 
you know, you, Terrence Ross, uh, you know, Holiday, Wilcox, IT, Overton. I mean, that team was stacked. Um, how about that game? You know, what do you remember of kind of the closing moments of that game where uh, you had North Carolina on the ropes and then and then it kind of folded at the end? I think I think it was uh, that game where we fell was like just the turnovers mm-hmm. at the at the at crucial times and like the mental mistakes. It's funny that you bring up that game because I just finished like I saw that game. The whole game is on YouTube. Yeah, and I watched it. And then it was a play where I remember back then, but me and Justin were arguing. And you know, like everybody knows we're best friends, so like we like that day we were arguing more about it. But like that, I, I videoed it and I sent him a picture. I mean, a video of it. And I was like, "Yo, this was not my fault," and I said it was his fault. Um, but it was a play where like there was like a pin down screen for Harrison Barnes, mm. and I kind of hesitated a little bit. To go get him, so like we were kind of confused for like like half a second, and Harrison hit the big three to put him up ahead, mm-hmm. and we were like going back and forth about it, like bro, I should have stepped out, but I mean it's all fun and games now, but at that time, I just think we what what gave away that game was the fact that like we had key turnovers at the wrong times, and um, just mental mistakes on the defensive end that if we could have capitalized on, we could have definitely took them out. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about the, the inbounds pass to end that game, uh, which was kind of just a, a you know some other some other different factors going on with that. But Justin Holiday inbounds and and I think John Henson was on that, and I mean that's one of the last guys you want to be throwing over is John Henson, who's who's like you know eight foot wingspan there. So that was a tough team. Oh yeah, I don't even I I remember that now. I didn't even think about that play. That'll be something. That'll be something to get on the line. I should record that part and send it to him. Yeah, definitely. Like, bro, what were you thinking? Nah. But yeah, it's all it's all love. It's all fun and games now. We just joke about stuff like that because it's it's the memories that we're more impressed with. Definitely. I mean, and like you know, over twenty five wins for for those three straight years. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of for for what you did for the program there. Uh, you know, we talked about Q Walk earlier. You, you have a line in there of like put that program back on the map, and that's exactly what you did. So that was part of it. Uh, heading into the senior year, I mean, that that's that's your year. Like, you know, it's it's uh, a lot of those guys are gone. You know, Isaiah Thomas is now gone. Uh, all the guys that you came in with have now graduated. So you know, you and uh, you and Abdul Gaddy are kind of the the leaders on that team. Um, that that team had had tons of talent too. You got you know Tony Roten, Ross, C.J. Wilcox. You know three first round picks on that team. Um, heading into that that selection Sunday, you know you lose to Oregon State in the in the Pac-10 tournament. Did you think that there was any way that that they weren't going to call your guys' name? Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this: out of all the years that we have selection Sunday, I think that's the only one that I was nervous about. Mm because it was like it was up in the air it was like man we just won the conference um so are they gonna call us but then people kept talking about uh the Pac-12 was down that year but I didn't really know what to think so I was kind of I was nervous that year so I didn't I didn't know whether to expect them to call us or it should just be like just I don't even know why we had but it was good that we didn't yeah we didn't have a uh once, I, once we found out that we weren't going to have like a press thing mm-hmm. to where everyone came to it or a watch a watch party thing, 
Um, that's when I knew I was like, yeah, we're probably not gonna make it. We're gonna go to NIT for sure. Yeah, that that was that was a bummer. Just, I mean. I've I've got a, a buddy who was on the team after, a little bit after you and and just the you know the difference between you know you going to the NCAA tournament and the NIT mentally like you you can hype yourself up for the NIT as much as you want but it's it's got to be just it's such a got to be such a letdown yeah yeah for sure especially because that's that's over spring break too you know I mean that's that's just a tough sell uh-huh. yeah. uh huh yeah I agree I agree so so you you know you played on four four teams that won over 20 games you know with a bunch of nba guys it is you know it's impossible to do because it's four different versions of yourself but if you had to say uh you know which of those four teams that you played on you know if they all played in a round robin tournament which which one ends up winning that if you catch my drift um that's a tough question um I'll, I'll I'll be unorthodox and say if if the let me see let me see how I want to say this <laughs> oh man that that is a tough that's a stumper right there bro I would say okay I'll say this if the if my fresh my redshirt freshman year team has my senior version of me then I think that team is unbeatable ah I got you I got you so so if if 23 year old Darnell Gant is on that retro freshman year team then no one's stopping that team with Brockman nobody's stopping that team yeah cause I was a lot I was a lot more tougher my mental was different and I was able to stretch the floor a little bit further I was able to shoot three and that's how I feel like looking back on it. That's how I should have been able to play my freshman year. Yeah. Instead of I'm saying not being a non-consistent uh, mid-range shooter. Yeah. I think I think that thing. Like I was. Yeah. I think that team with the confident senior year me, or even the junior year. But I was more. I was more polished my senior year. For mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that that junior year it was uh, it was in the the Maui tournament and you were playing Kentucky and and you know Husky fans hadn't seen you shoot threes yet and then all of a sudden you know you take a couple at the top of the arc and we're like whoa and but you're nailing them and it's like hell yeah this this was uh you know that kind of before before people started saying stretch four a lot that was you I mean once once you came into that that was uh that was a big part of your game exactly yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that's when I, I changed my game for the better. Um, I don't think, and I think I was, I was, uh, I was at a spot where I didn't really fall in love with the three so much because mm-hmm. um, I tried to do most, most of both. But like I said, I think out of out of all my years, I think my senior year was obvious, obviously more polished. Uh, but if I would have had the same. The same build that I had, as well as the same mental and and skills that I had my senior year, I think the, my freshman year was unbeatable. Yeah, that because I would have complimented Brockman way more, and mm. I would have crashed the glass a lot. You know what I mean? That would have been a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good answer, right? Being because I mean it's it's still Darnell Gant in in four different places, but uh, you know, kind of, exactly. kind of seeing where you could play in the best. Um, exactly. So. 
I got so many questions for you, man. I wish I wish we had unlimited time to to do them all, but I'm just going to ask you a couple couple rapid fire ones uh, just to get some stuff off, and then and then I'll let you go here. Um, but okay. it's uh, so let's just pretend it's a Thursday night at UW. Um, you know, it's junior senior year. Uh, it's off season. Where where's Darnell Gant Thursday night at UW? Are are you uh, are you down at Fornos? Are you on the Ave? Where you at? <laughs> That's funny. Uh... Uh, you said junior or senior season? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just we're just gonna pretend that that you don't you don't sip alcoholic beverages until after you're 21, I'm on, right? I'm on the I'm in the uh, I'm in the Greek system, baby. There we go. W- what was your spot? Uh, I can't remember, but the one one house we used to go to a lot was that house with the lions. I don't know, I can't remember. What house that was? Oh, yeah. SAE right on uh right on forty fifth, forty seventh, forty fifth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, the big house, the big white house with the lions. That's funny. There we go, and they would paint the lions. Yep. Yeah, uh, I was down the block. I was I was at Betas, kind of on the the corner of seventeenth oh. and and forty seventh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So so you're over at SAE. Um, then what was your uh, you know there was a bunch of different late night snack places there was I don't know if uh, there was uh, there was memos do you ever go to memos 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 what was memos baby it was oh my god <laughs> okay yeah yeah memos was a spot that's crazy yep memos and then the other spot for me on the app was uh, bubble tea oh yeah and there you go, Hawaiian barbecue. It was a little further, further, further up the other path. It was past like Jack in the Box. Yep, yep. The other one actually, uh, it burnt down one year, but they they got it back up. Oh wow! But they got it back. They it's backed up again. Yeah, you you can't kill Hawaiian barbecue, man. They're, it's yeah, you cannot. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's not, that's that's gonna last forever, bro. Yeah. That's that's too funny. Yeah, everyone everyone's got a memos experience uh, for for better or for worse. So I'm glad I'm glad you got some uh, uh, some late night food there. Um, they they had their own health scare though. They had a little salmonella outbreak or something like that. But that was after oh, your time. Shoot. That was after your time, so I wouldn't worry about it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving along. So how much do you keep in touch with uh, those old UW guys? I mean, it definitely helps having having IT in LA now. Um, but you know, you talk about Justin Holiday and and you know Tyrese Brashears. Those are also LA guys. Um, yeah. Who, who grew up with you? So how much how much do you get to talk to those guys? Well, I talked to Justin. Um, he during the season, I don't really bother those guys too much. So sure. I talked to Justin the most. Um, and then after that, it will probably be Gaddy and Dez. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it will be Isaiah. And who else am I missing somebody? Um, everybody else. Oh, uh, Scott. I talk to Scott uh, every now and then when we all could meet up. Um, and then everybody else is through social media or we, whenever we get to see each other, like we'll just link up and find a way to yeah to meet up. Spe- but yeah, Justin, Justin's obviously the most, and then Gaddy, Dez, and then Zeke. Spe- the most people, the people I talk to the most out of everybody. Speaking of linking up with with old UW guys, how cool was that one year when they let y'all do the uh, the alumni game, and then and then everyone got fined because it was uh, it was it was technically illegal. Right, it was. That's crazy because when you think about it, it was illegal, huh? 
Justin got fined. Uh, did Justin get fined? I think Justin got fined. I know Nate for sure got fined. Yeah, Haas was there. Karen got yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that game was ridiculous. My wife's still mad to the day that she didn't get to go. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that that day was dope because it was kind of like it was a pride thing. So, we all, like, once we started winning and that stress that we had, we kept telling those guys, like, it would always be summertime conversations of, like, who was the better team? Mm-hmm. Was it B-Roy and Nate and them, or was it us? And it was like, nah, bro, like, we... I don't care. Like y'all had some, y'all had a good team, but I still don't think y'all was better than us. Like I think we had more, way more athleticism, and yep. we was way more. Like we had way more confidence. Well, I mean, obviously you got B Roy and Nate on one team. That's almost impossible. But it was for us to play in that game and actually get the proof in it and win. It was like, yep, we finally got back to us. Now y'all can't, y'all really can't say anything. So now. Only time y'all get to say something is when y'all when we all old and y'all like oh, we was better, but we still beat y'all in the game, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> You'll beat them in the in the wheelchair basketball game in in forty years too. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, so it'll be just as competitive. Did did you win the dunk contest at that that year? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's right. I remember that you had you had some. I remember everyone was thinking Terrence Ross was the guy, but you had some stuff packed that uh, that they weren't ready for. Yeah, bro. Uh, people, I'm, I'm the sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a th- that's a theme going out. Is pe- people just you know, Derek Williams wasn't ready. New Mexico wasn't ready. All those teams. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so, a, on a little bit more serious here, um, you know, obviously Lorenzo Romar recruited you to to go to UW. Um, you know, you you played for him for five years, and, and basically his five best years, um, or you know, four of the five best years that he had in the program. You were you were an instrumental part of what what was built at UW. That he you know he recruited all those guys there. Uh, what was what was your reaction when when he got when he got fired and and now all of a sudden kind of this you know Romarville is is gone and you got to start new. What was what was your reaction? Uh, it was it was shocking. I mean, it wasn't. The, I, that's a hard question because it wasn't shocking because obviously they had been in some lows, like they weren't really getting it together. I mean, but it was just sad to see him go. Honestly, just mm-hmm. because all the stuff that we built together, and then the team before us that you know went to two Sweet Sixteens, and it's like, damn, bro, like that's that's like real history. So at least. I feel like he he did a good job of making his mark at UW. He'll forever be known at UW. Um, it was real shocking to see him go, but he's still going he's still going to be able to do good and be uh, be able to do better things when he goes to Arizona. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's such, he's such a good guy, and he's such a you know a wealth of basketball knowledge that um, anyone that gets him from now on is is going to get something big. So it was it was like you said, it was it was not that shocking in terms of wins and losses, but but still to see to see what he had built and and to see it all kind of uh, fold like that was was still tough. Um, so exactly for sure. So uh, I'll let you go here, but but tell tell uh, tell the listeners what you're up to these days. Um, you know, keeping in touch with Darnell Gant. We talked about your music a little bit ago. I always see you posting stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, tell everyone what you're up to. Yeah, man. Um, pretty much what I'm, I'm up to now is uh, I'm I'm a lot, I'm I'm well dedicated to my ministry and uh, serving. Uh, I teach the word now, and I actually direct the choir, and I'm more into music, and I'm. 
I'm now a car uh, a sales consultant at Enterprise Car Sales. I've been with Enterprise for five years, and I've moved up the I moved up the ladder pretty pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's real due to the the mindset that I've had since I've had in college, and the confidence that I've had in college that I was taught. Um, just a, just with the everyday approach of uh, approaching each day, day by day, and just attacking it full on, and don't take no for an answer, and and just be be always be prepared. So that's pretty much what I'm doing now. Uh, I have a beautiful wife. Um, we're there starting we to save a home now, so that's pretty exciting. And yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, I'm I'm zero uh, percent surprised to to know that you're doing well for yourself. Um, like you said, I mean, just the leadership qualities. It takes it takes a lot uh, in this this current era of college basketball for a guy to stick around five years. Um, you know, like you said, start out hot. You know, you're starting every game as a redshirt freshman, uh, and then go all the way to the bottom, and then back up to the top your senior year. So, uh, a credit to you, and and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for for all the great UW memories that that you created for for myself and, and so many other people. Yeah, man, I, I mean, it was a pleasure, man. I, I'm glad we were able to get to do it. I mean, we were playing phone tag for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we were able to actually find some time on a day off of mine and actually sit down and talk. You really brought back a lot of memories, man. It's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be talking about with Justin and the guys. So um, we talk about this stuff all the time, but you, you kind of brought some more perspective to it. So now we got something else to laugh about. There we go. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe wait to the All Star break to to let Justin know about that inbounds pass against North Carolina, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, DG. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. You have a great day. Yeah, take it easy. Once again, that was Darnell Gant with an incredible interview. Thanks to DG and thanks to BFAM. Uh, that's Darnell along with former UW basketball players Tyrese Brashears and Justin Holiday with Q Walk playing us out. Peace. Y'all know me, TB33. You can't see me, swags in 3D.